Well, kia ora and welcome to church, everybody. So good to see you here today. And a big hello to those who are watching or listening online. So great to have you as part of the Connect Church family. Hey, church, can we say a big hello to those who are watching and listening, thank you, wherever you are in the world. So glad to have you as part of our family. Well, the India trip uh, team is back safe and sound. I've got my bride back. Come on, somebody. It's been lonely out there, I want to tell you. Just, just sitting in bed going, oh, I wish you'd come back. And now she's, here, she's back. So uh, I'm well. I th- have I lost some weight? I think I have. I don't, I'm gonna, uh, if, I, if I have, I'm going to find it again. Come on, somebody. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to get it uh, all, <laughs> all back if I have. And uh, uh, again, just excited for those who are getting baptized. What an incredible step. I got baptized in my... Uh, swimming pool, Christ had changed my life. Like I said, I was a drug addict, messed up, on the dole, messed up. I was just one of those mean, nasty uh, people, just the, the type of person you don't talk. Now I'm so friendly, come on. I'm such a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, that's not a joke. I say, man, come on, somebody. I mean, uh, um, I, I, Christ has turned my life around. It really was a day-night experience. It really, it really, I was this way one day and that way, and got, just Christ did a deep and inner work in my life. And I pray even the Holy Ghost would come and just touch people's lives today as they will go into the waters of baptism. Can I hear a big amen, amen. for that? So uh, are you ready for the word? Yes. Amen. Uh, I, I want to remind you of, of something to, uh, today. You know, back in the Back in the days before Instagram and before FaceTime and, and, and Facebook and all the Snapchats, but before that time, before this modern day era that we live in, when people wanted to communicate with people, they, they would write letters. Anybody here remember a letter? Come on, so I see that hand, I see that hand, a few, a few of you. So some of the young people are going, what, a letter, what? I mean, people would write letters when they wanted to talk to somebody, when they wanted to uh, uh, communicate to someone, they would write a letter. They would sit with a pen and with a paper and they would, they would write. When Anita and I were, were courting, I, I was in New Zealand and of course she's from India and was living uh, in India at that time, and we, we wrote many letters over uh, over that month, many love letters, you know, it was just like, uh, we, we wrote, in fact, we got a big suitcase full uh, of them, but, we, but when we, we, would, we would write these letters to one another, and it was, it was torturous, can I just tell you? It's not like today, I mean, I, Anita was in India, I'm like, hi dear, how are you? She's like, fine, we're all good, we're on the plane, we get, and only that we can FaceTime, we can even talk face to face, not back in the old days, come on, how many remember the old days? I mean, it's just, not back in the old days, when I wrote a letter to my darling, when I wrote a letter to her, it would take 20 days to get there, it would take 20 days, and, and then it would take another 20 days to come back. And of course, by the time you get the one back, you can't remember what you said in the first one and what's been, uh, I, I mean, it was torturous. It was, it, was, it was difficult. Those were the days that we were living in in those times. But in those letters, I expressed to Anita, as she expressed to me, we, we expressed our heart, our thoughts, our, our dreams, our uh, I, I, ideas, our, our needs, our wants, our, our love. They were love letters. In fact, I, I, I think I've told you once that I, I, the longest letter I wrote, I used to work at a printing factory, so I had a roll 
of, of paper and I, I, I took 11 hours to write a letter for actually 11 and a half to be precise. 11 and a half, I, I timed it. I had waterfalls falling down the top of the uh, roll. It was a special uh, letter. I took 11. You can't text like that. Come on, somebody. <laughs> You can't text, but, but it was a love letter. And it took me a long time, but that's what love does, right? Yeah. Doesn't matter. It's like, you know, it's just like, no, uh, no, no problem. She never wrote one back, but hey. Yeah, not 11 hours she didn't spend. And, and, but, but there's something special about uh, letters. I, I remember finding Gia one time. She was uh, crying. We're like, what's wrong with Gia? We can hear her crying. She was like sobbing. And she had found the suitcase and had gone into the suitcase and was reading these letters and going, this is so cute. This is just so... So I'm like, get out of those letters. Come on right now. <laughs> just stay away from those letters. Now, when you wrote a letter, what were you trying to do? You, you, you would hope that you would capture an accurate expression of your heart and the, and the words that you were writing. That, that, that's why you wrote a letter to share your heart and, and your hope is as the writer of the letter that the reader upon receiving the letter would understand what you are trying to say. You, you, when you write a letter, you want the person you're writing to to understand what it is you're trying to say. And, and in fact, that's the purpose of a letter, isn't it? That the purpose of a letter is that it would be, be understood, that it would be, that it would be read. That's the purpose of it. That's why that and who who should it be read by? It should be read by the person it was intended to be read by. In fact, you'll get emails and stuff today which is say if you are not the uh, you know proper recipient of this don't 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 read it. You you desire that the, the person you're writing it to would be able to read it and receive that which you are trying to communicate. So let, let us communicate what they they communicate three things. They communicate one, who's it from? It's got a signature on it. Who's, whose name is on the letter? They, they also communicate who's it to? Who is the letter intended to be read by? And then there's the, the message, which is the, the body or the, the content of the letter, which is really the heart of what is trying to be said. But what I've found over the Yes, and sometimes though, you, you can write one thing, but, but when people read it, they understand another thing. Yeah. Ever written an email and it's been taken wrong or uh, someone, did, uh, uh, why are you yelling at me? I'm not yelling. I'm, I mean, you, you, you write something and it's not received in the way that you thought it would. Have you, have you ever been confused by a paragraph or a, or a statement in an email or a, or a text. People, are, like I say, people are writing, meaning one thing, but but others interpret it differently. We had a situation one time where uh, uh, someone had passed away. They had uh, gone to be with uh, Jesus, and someone texted us and uh, said, "So sorry to hear that so and so." has uh, passed away and so sorry that all of that uh, ha has happened. We feel really bad about it, LOL. So I was like, what is this person? <laughs> are they taking, well, what? I mean, why are they saying laugh out loud? And because, I don't know, I might be shocking some people here. See, when I showed that to someone, they said, oh no, that's an older person who's writing. And they think LOL means lots of love. 
lots of love, but it actually means laugh out loud. So I'm like, I'm really sorry about your tragic situation. Laugh out loud. Know that, come on, it wasn't meant to be interpreted like that. They inte- the, 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 the writer, some of you didn't know whether to laugh at that or should I just, uh, it's okay, relax, relax, chill. But, 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 but the writer intended one thing, but it was received as another. I mean, one of the most annoying things I find uh, and writing stuff is predictive text. Anybody got annoyed with predictive? Uh, come on, I see that hand down the back there. Come on. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's just one of the annoying, most annoying uh, things. And I, I remember texting to somebody and it always pays to look at what you've texted, but sometimes you don't, you just write it and you, you, you send it. And, and I, I remember uh, sending this text only to see it later. And, and it said uh, uh, something like, arrived in Auckland, lusty pilots. <laughs> now, it wouldn't, now, if I was still in company, it but I was sitting on an aeroplane when I said that. Come on, somebody. And, and how many know the person? Oh, oh no, oh, that, was, that was predictive. Te- the pilots were fine. Come on, somebody. They were, they were good. They were good, but, but, but people understood it wrong. What, what I intended, predictive uh, sex, it's a, it's, a, it's a problem. I remember Anita wrote uh, to me one time when, during our nine months, and, and, and yeah, you knew that was coming because it hurt. No, just joking. So uh, it did actually hurt. Um, but, <laughs> but she wrote to me, and we're writing back and forth, and so, you know, I'm getting ready to ask this girl to marry me. You know, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting serious serious. And I'm like, this is getting important. Okay, I'm going to ask her to marry me. And I get this letter. And, uh, you know, she starts off hello and all this type of stuff. And then she says, I've fallen in love with another man. And when I read that, I was just like, (laughs) said a few hallelujahs. But I was like, I, 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 I squished it and threw it down. I was like, man, how dare she do that? Break my heart like that. And then I thought, of course, a little bit later, I was like, who was this man? Who was this man? And, and as I picked it up, she was having a joke with me. She was, she was, as I opened it up, I've fallen in love with this, another man. His name is Jesus. So I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> you can feel my pain, can't you? You can feel my pain. It still, it still goes deep. I'm still getting therapy for it. And uh, man, but sometimes we can write stuff in letters, and it can just change the uh, the meaning of the meaning of things. I, of course, the team's just come back from India, and I've got these letters that are actual uh, uh, snippets out of uh, uh, letters from India. And uh, uh, that were written for, for, for leave, but just because they put stuff in the wrong place, the, the meaning of the letter has changed. So I want to read you out. Here's the, here's the first one. It says this. Since I have to go to my village to sell my land along with my wife, <laughs> please sanction me one week's leave. Here's, an, here's another uh, uh, leave letter from an employee who was get going to his daughter's wedding. He says, as I am marrying my daughter. <laughs> Some of you are just rippling through. Please grant me a week's leave. Here's another one. Dear sir, with reference to the above, please refer to my below. Come on, somebody. <laughs> here's an actual letter written for uh, leave. It says, my wife is suffering from sickness and as I am her only husband... At home, I may grant it leave. Here's another one. 
I am well here and hope you are also in the same well. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you got to love the Indians. Praise God. Hallelujah. Is a leaf, a letter to the headmaster. As I am studying in this school, I am suffering from headache. I request you leave me today. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I like this one. This is probably my favorite. As my mother-in-law has expired and I am the only one responsible for it, please grant me 10 days leave. <laughs> Here's the job application. This has reference to your advertisement calling for a typist and an accountant, male or female, as I am both for the past several years and I can handle both with good experience. I'm applying for the post. Come on, somebody. How many know things can go wrong? They don't, they, 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 we can send stuff, but it doesn't always end up how we thought it, how we thought it would. Do you know the Bible says that you are God's love letter? The Bible says that you and I are God's, are God's letter. You and I, that our lives are a letter from God that all people can read. And 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2, it says, You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everybody. In the message version, it says it like this. It says, Your very lives are a letter that anyone can read by just looking at you. By just looking at you, people can read your life. I don't know about you, but that's kind of scary, right? Yeah. That's kind of scary. I mean, if my life and your life and our life are letters that people can read, what are our lives saying? How do our lives read? And what, what, when people look at you and when people look at me, what are they reading? What are they seeing. See, what story is the, in other words, what story is the letter of our life telling? Not just here, because again, we'll tell a good story here, but out there when no one else can see you. What, 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 does, the, what, what does the letter of our life tell? What does, it, what does it communicate? What do people read? Because your life is a letter that everyone can read, not just here, but at work or at play. What do people read? I mean, some days my life might read different. Come on. You know, when I mess up or when I muck up or I say or do something I, re I regret, maybe in those moments my life might read different than how I want it, want it to read. And of course, sometimes... People read us wrong. I mean, it's true. Sometimes people read us wrong. They, they, they see our humanity. They might see one bad paragraph of our, of our story. And they make that the sum total of who we, who we are. And that ends up how people see us. Now, understand, I'm not sharing this. I'm not sharing this to say that we have to be perfect. I'm not sharing this trying to say we, we have to be perfect in our lives because everybody's watching us. Everybody's 
looking, everybody's reading us. I'm not, I'm not saying, hey, you have to live the perfect life because everybody's watching us. Our friends, I'm not saying that. In fact, we live in a post-perfect world now. We, li- we live in a, a, a world where we, 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 we try to filter our lives and Instagram our lives and Facebook our... Uh, come on, preachers, preaching good now, come on. Where we try to Facebook the perfect me for all to see. Where we'll take, where, 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 you like that photo? No. Take another five. Oh, I got that spot. Get rid of it. Get that filter. Ooh, takes it right out. And, and, and we'll go, and if the photo's no good, we won't put it, we won't put it on because we're, we're, we're living in a world now where people are trying to post perfect their lives, make it all in order, and look how amazing when we're not that good. And we try to cover up the humanity of our lives. I'm so glad the Bible doesn't do that. The Bible doesn't do that. The Bible doesn't cover up our humanity. The Bible doesn't cover up our struggles. The Bible doesn't. It just just lays it all out there. Because all of us have got issues. Don't look at me like that. we We all got issues. Come on, we all got stuff going going on. We're all trying to walk out this walk. uh, You know, as perfect as we try and look on Facebook, as perfect as we try and look on Instagram to get that shot. The Bible doesn't cover, the Bible's not interested in post-perfect lives. The Bible doesn't cover up our humanity in the midst of it. It will show us blemishes, warts and all for everyone to see. So, so I, I, it doesn't try and present the perfect picture. And it's, what the Bible does is it, it takes the ordinary stories of people's lives, people's mess and people's mess ups, their pain and their problems. And what the Bible does is authentically reveals God at work in the midst of them all. takes people's mess and makes it their, their message. Makes their mess, uh, mess a message of hope and, and of redemption. And so I, I, I'm not sharing this with you to say that we have to be perfect. I, I'm, I'm sharing this to remind us that if our lives are to be God's love letter to a hurting world, a letter that that anyone can read, we need to think about how we do life. See, I love all the fun and all the love and all the smiles and all the hugs and all the compassion and and all the, the peace that we experience in here. When we do church, the, just the life that God gives when we are in church. And I love, I love that. But I want to say, friends, we've got to understand, because we are the, the, the God's love letter to the world, we've, we've got to bring that out of the church and into the office places and into the schools and where, wherever it is that you find yourself doing life, we've got to take what we experience in here and bring it out there. 
onto the building sites, onto the, the offices, into the boardroom, wherever it is. What God is doing in here and in here, we need to take it out there. You're the, you're the message. People say, well, it's dark out, dark out there. But, but I want to tell you, good things need to happen in dark places. Come on. Yes, you, Aaron said it before. You're the light of the, the, the world. Uh, uh, you're like a lamp or you're like a city on a hill. Some of us want to live in the lamp type Realm, but I, I want to tell you as a church, we need to be the city on the hill. We need to be, be a, a lighthouse. And good things need to happen in dark places. You're, you're, you're the message, you're the letter that Christ's sending. And the truth is, we've got to get the message out. I love what Greg. Laurie said, he said, Jesus did not say that the whole world should go to church. He said the church should go into the whole world. Good preaching right there. We should go into the whole world. Come on. Some of you are a little nervous. Should I clap at that? I'm not sure. It's a message. We, we, we have a calling. We have a, 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 desi- a divine assignment. Someone said this. I don't know who said it. I've taken a photo of it, but it... It was a quote, it said, It is often said that it is difficult to get sinners in, but it is often just as difficult to get the saints out. Can I? Ouch. We have a divine assignment. And so, what I'm saying to you today, church, wherever you are, be the message. Be the message. Why? Because we don't want people to miss out. We don't want people to miss out on the amazing redemptive story. We, we want people when they read you and when they read me that they would somehow see the signature of Christ on our lives and all of our problems and with all of our difficulties and with all of our humanity that when they read us, they, they will somehow see God's signature. Christ's signature on our lives. Christ's handwriting in the midst of the story of your life. And hey, maybe you had a bad chapter. Maybe you had a bad paragraph, but that's not the end of the story. Come on, somebody. Maybe you had a bad day. Maybe you got in a bad mood and you had a bad attitude, but that's not the end of the story. Maybe you fell down, but I'm getting back up now. Maybe you messed up, but I'm going to move into to what God had. Come on, a preacher's preaching good today. I'm going to move into that which God has called, called me. Because greater is He. Because it's not about how great we are. The Bible says, greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. I mean, I can't do it by myself. He is greater. No matter what situation, He is greater. I wanted to see Christ's handwriting in the midst of the story of my life, of your life, that people would see His handwriting. In 2 Corinthians 3 verse 2, that's what it says. It says, your very lives are a letter that anyone can read just by looking at you. And then it goes on to say, Christ Himself wrote it. 
Friends, he's the author. Let him write the story of your life. He's the author of life, the Bible says. Christ himself wrote, wrote it, not with ink, but with God's living spirit, not chiseled into stone, but carved into human lives, and we publish it. Friends, I want to tell you, it's time to publish our lives. Come on. It's time to say, this, this is, I, I'm not perfect. I mean, I, I'm not. But, but, but there's a God in heaven who's changed me. See, here's the thing about stories. It's the thing about stories, including yours. All, all stories, all stories have ups and downs. All, all stories have twists and turns. All, all stories have, have problems to overcome and battles to fight. That's what makes them a good story. You know, if you if you if you do life where if you if your story is I'm drunk, I'm just fantastic all the way, boring story. All of us have stories. All of us will have ups and downs. All of us will have struggles. All of us will have battles. But that's what makes it a good story. And so, I understand today, friends and family of those who are getting baptized, it's not that the water out there is wonder water. And you put them in with all the problems and faults and they just come out and they're like, eh, eh, you know, fixed. No, no, friends, because what baptism symbolizes is the, the death of the old life and the re resurrection of the new life. And the new life is not found in themselves, it's found in Christ. It's saying, I'm done with the old life. It doesn't mean you won't have issues or stuff like that. It doesn't mean that you won't have bad days or whatever. It's just saying, God, I, I'm now putting you in charge of my life. I, I'm done with how I used to, used to live. It's saying, I can sense you working in my life. And so out of obedience, I'm, I'm saying, Lord, I want to live different. I want to do life different. See, it's it's, it's not about being the perfect person. It's about meeting with a powerful God. You know, every story has a hero. Every story. Every story has a hero that defeats the, the bad guy in the end. And I'm sharing this today to remind us we need to make Christ the hero of our story. We need to make Christ the hero of our story. You know, you know, sometimes we get so focused on our problems and how we messed up. But friends, we're, people have got to see Him in the midst of our struggles. People have got to see Him in the midst of our humanity. He's got to be our Superman. In the areas of our life where we need rescue. Maybe you're here today and you're like, oh man, I need, I need to be rescued. Maybe you're here today and go, man, I need somebody. I, I want to tell you what the Bible says. It talks about no matter how lost a person is. No, no matter how deep down and how light, there, there, is, there is no way, you know, even if you go down to the darkest, darkest place, He's there. Friend, I want to tell you, the Bible says that the arm of the Lord is not too short that it cannot save you. 
Wherever you're at in your life, He can reach down. Wherever you're trapped, He can pull you out. Whatever pit you're in, He can bring you out. And what I'm saying in the midst of our humanity, in the midst of our difficulties, we're just saying Christ is the hero of our story. Oh, we're not saying... Never, no, no Christian should be, go, should be going around going, I'm better than you and you, look at you and you're like this and you're like that. I, I'm better than you. I'm way better than you. I'm not like that guy in prison. I'm not like that. The reality is there are people here who, who were in prison and God's got them out. God's changed them. Why? Because they're not the center. He's the center. Friend, I want to tell you, make Him the hero of your story. Oh, friend, you might feel like in your workplace you don't live up to it. You might feel like, man, I keep mucking up. I I keep doing stuff or saying stuff. But, friend, just make Him the hero of your story when people go, man, I need Jesus. So I keep stuffing it up. He's the hero of the story. See, that's what I said. Say we're, We're saved not because we gave our life to Him. We're saved because He gave His life for us. Come on, somebody. We're saved not not because of how good or bad we are. We're saved because of how good He is and what He has done. Make Him the hero of your story. You know, if our lives are a a letter, I, I said, remember, there's three things that letters communicate. They communicate who's it from. I'm saying, saying let the letter of your life communicate. Let, let Christ's signature be found on the letter of your life. Who's it, who's it to? Well, we, we know it's to everyone. It means we're always on duty. We're always on, we're always on a place where, where everyone can can know and read us. In fact, our lives are really an open letter. They're an open letter to the world. And what's the message? Number three, the third thing that is communicate, what's the message? What's the body? Or the heart of the letter? The message is that there's good news. In fact, that's what gospel means. It means simply good news. Good news that there is a Redeemer, Jesus, God's own Son, Precious Lamb of God, Messiah, Holy, Holy One. And that there is a God in heaven who loves you. And know that no one is so lost that they can't be found. That's the message. And so wherever you are, whatever you do, you are God's love letter. Let people read you and see His name on the humanity of your life. Amen. Let's bow our heads right across this auditorium. No one looking up, looking around. It's a holy moment. Maybe you're here today and you're going, man, I need to know this Jesus. I need to, I, 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 that man of my life so dark right now. My, my, I'm in a place where 
I don't feel like anybody cares. I, 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 you're telling me, Pastor, that there's a God in heaven who loves me? Friend, in a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. It's a prayer I prayed many years ago. The Bible says the Spirit of God knocks on the door of our heart, and if we would open that door, He will come in. He will come in. He won't force His way in. He knocks on the door. And if we would open that door, He will come in and fill our life and fill our heart. If you're here today and say, well, I want to make Him the hero of my story. I want to make Him Lord of my life. I need to get right with Him today because maybe you've messed up a couple of chapters and you're just saying, man, I need to get right with Him today. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer that allows us to do that, to get right with God. So if you're here today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, you know you need to get right with God. Wherever you're sitting, wherever you're, doesn't matter, back, front, left, right, whatever. If that's you and you, you want to say, Pastor, would you include me in that prayer? Wherever you're sitting, would you put your hand up really high in the air right now, right nice and high. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you down the back there. Thank you. Anyone else? You know you need to get right with God today. Thank you down the back there. Thank you. Anyone else? Don't miss this moment. Thank you over here. Thank you. Anyone else? Don't leave this place without getting right with God. All right, slip those hands down. Let's pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me whole. Be not just my Savior, but be my Lord. From this day forth, I ask in Jesus' name.